0: Welcome to the Eric Erickson Show Podcast, Hour 2. Welcome. It is Eric Erickson nationwide. Glad to have you with me. The phone number is 877-973-7425. If you'd like to be on the program, I just got an email from Ann who said I failed to mention one of the reasons a lot of nurses are leaving the career, it is true, I, I failed to mention this one, and I actually know several people in this boat, they did not want the COVID vaccine. And hospitals mandating the COVID vaccine. And, and for those of you who are fans of the, and look, my whole family got the vaccine. But I think you need to at least understand this one. for younger uh, nurses, a number of them did not want the COVID vaccine, Because there are concerns, and they are legitimate concerns, about pregnancy and the COVID vaccine. Now, I know a lot of women who had the COVID vaccine and then thereafter gave birth to healthy kids. But there has been this concern, and I would not be dismissive of this concern if I were you. It has driven a number of young women and some young men out of the nursing profession. And I tend to talk about nurses as female because, by and large, they are, not always. But it's it's an, it's another reason a lot of people have left nursing. There is a huge huge problem nationwide. Um, just just uh interesting. Now, uh, the phone number here eight seven seven nine seven three seven four two five. I actually want to jump out of the gate here to a phone call, somewhat relevant to what I'm going to get into here. Uh, Stacy, welcome to the program. Hey, thanks for taking my call with Senators McConnell. Feinstein and Fetterman out on medical leave, how will this help or hurt Republicans? How can they use it to their advantage? And how
1: do senators currently vote? Do they have to be in person or can they vote virtually?
0: Fantastic questions. Let let me take these a couple at a time. Um, Because of the rules of the filibuster, it helps the Republicans dramatically in the advance of legislation. Because the rule of the filibuster says it's three-fifths of the whole Senate, which means 60 votes. Uh, So let let me write this down. And again, Stacey, phenomenal questions here. Why are they phenomenal? Because they make me look smart. (laughs) The rules of the Senate are broken apart. Uh, So votes on legislation require a majority of those present. So if there are only 50 Senators present, then you only need 26 votes. But for the filibuster, the filibuster language is different. Under the rules of the Senate, it is three-fifths of the total Senate are required to break the filibuster, which means you have to have 60 votes. Since there are 100 members of the Senate, you have to have 60 votes in order to uh, break the filibuster. So Republicans can stymie a lot of legislation right now. On the committees as well, some of the committees, if they operate, you're gonna have Republican majority committees right now because Feinstein's not there, Fetterman's not there, McConnell is now working remotely, and the rules of the Senate right now because of the COVID allows in certain circumstances Uh, remote voting, but it is very limited circumstances for remote voting. That makes it very, very difficult as well for the Senate Democrats to get anything done. Now, does it affect control of the Senate? No. Here's why it doesn't affect control of the Senate. Now, this one's a little bit more complicated, but let me see if I can explain this one to you. The Senate, unlike the House, the Senate is considered an ongoing body a perpetual body. Every two years, the entirety of the House of Representatives is reelected. And what happens is by a majority of vote, every two years, the House adopts a rules package. Under the United States Senate, it's considered a perpetual body because only a third of it is up for election at any one time. As a result, to change the rules of the Senate, there has to be a two-thirds vote. They agree at the beginning of every year, of every new Senate term, they agree to a basic uh, rules of order in the Senate. And those rules of order for the Senate, and that's not the exact name, but kind of the setup of the Senate, the composition of the Senate rules, uh, they set those by majority vote. So the rule overarching rules of the Senate take a two thirds vote to change, but then the procedural governance of the Senate is a majority vote at the at the beginning of every term. And the majority, because Republicans didn't win the Senate, was that Chuck Schumer, the Democrats, would be in charge, and they would compose the committees in such a way so that the Democrats, since they finally have a 51-seat majority, would have a uh, 51% control of the committees. To change that under the rules of the Senate requires a two-thirds vote. So Republicans cannot rush legislation to the floor of the Senate to change it, one, because it would take a 60-vote threshold on the filibuster, and then two, would take 66 senators voting in charge of it. So the Democrats are in this weird position in the Senate right now where they control it procedurally, they control it by majority, but they can't get anything done because the Republicans on a seat basis have more seats controlled in the Senate right now. It's a, they can't get anything done except by consensus right now. Very, very difficult problem for the Democrats right now, which is fine. I am 100% happy with the Republicans having a situation where they are now technically in charge of the Senate, even though they don't control it. They can't be blamed because they're not technically in charge. Chuck Schumer is. But they certainly control things. And that gets me to TikTok. I want to play you a couple of sound bites. This is first from Peggy Noonan on Meet the Press on Sunday. I got to say, I underlying the TikTok story and the Utah governor's story, mostly TikTok is the fact that increasingly I think the world has come to see the United States as a nation of addicts. China sees us 150 million of us addicted to this thing. They make the most of it cartels find out, oh, they're addicted to all the drugs, fentanyl. They make the most
1: of it, so we don't have a border anymore. When you are starting to be known in the world as a nation of addicts, maybe we ought to have a hearing about that.
0: Yes, yes, we should. And thank you, Peggy Noonan, for bringing that up. I'm talking about TikTok, people addicted to TikTok. This is a conversation on MSNBC over the weekend about the Chinese surveillance app. TikTok, is it a political problem for Democrats to ban this or not, Yamiche?
1: I think it's, first of all, I think there's bipartisan disdain for it. If you mm-hmm. watch that committee hearing, you saw Republicans and Democrats on the Hill actually agree on something. But the 150 million people or plus mm-hmm. who are on TikTok, they're going to be... You did what I did on TikTok. I did that too. <laughs> no. it's on TikTok, it's going to be, people are going to be very, very angry. I mean, you have yeah. young people who are making hundreds of thousands of dollars on this, mm-hmm. uh, apart from the people who are just addicted to it because they love to Watch cat videos and dancing, yeah. so I think it's going to be a, possibly a political problem that's that's going to be make a lot of people angry. Cornell, you worried possibly, about yeah, this political <laughs> problem? 150 million people. You know, Chuck, there wasn't 150 million people who voted in the last midterm, right? <laughs> <laughs> Talk about an energizing uh, thing to do. Look, yeah. it, it, we don't do very good at historically at banning things either that are that are really popular. This is a billion-dollar industry. You've got people in the gig economy, young people making a lot of money on this. It is a problem. The
0: ideal, banning it. A problem. Josh Rogan from the Washington Post, who's also a foreign policy expert.
1: Basically, what the Chinese comment is- Party does is they try to co-opt our democracy by seeding our institutions with tons and tons of illicit money. And we find this on U.S. campuses all over the place. Donations. They sponsor a China center, but it's traced to some foundation that owes its success to the CCP. They use proxies and then they use Chinese student organizations, uh, in some instances, to watch the Chinese students on campuses and make sure that they don't say anything against the CCP. And they want to, exploit the fact that here in America we have an open system. We welcome Chinese students because we want them to learn about freedom and democracy and what it's like to live here. But then they abuse that openness in order to try to buy off these institutions. And uh, that's something we just can't abide by. Yeah, I think there's very few things, Brian, in Washington that bring together such a bipartisan consensus. Uh, But this is one of them, that TikTok's presence and its influence and its ability to scoop up americans data and use it and the fact that that data is vulnerable to the chinese communist party is something that everyone now has to admit Even though the TikTok CEO won't admit it, it's obviously true. This is not only a vector for uh, invading Americans' privacy, it's a vector for the Chinese Communist Party to insert its influence into our information space through the phones of our children. And uh, now there's a lot of agreement that we have a problem, but there's less agreement on what to do about it. I don't know that the ban is really... Uh, uh, going gonna to get uh, taken up by Democrats. I don't think the Biden administration has the guts to go through with it and fight the legal battle that would follow. So I think that, uh, you know, we're not all the way there yet. At least we can admit that we have a problem.
0: If you use TikTok, you at least need to realize you are advancing the interests of the Chinese Communist Party an entity that wants to ruin the United States of America, if not destroy it. That's not hyperbole, that's real. Do you know what the stated Maoist intention of the Chinese Communist Party has been when it comes to nuclear war? Let's have it. And there are so many of us, we will have survivors and you will not. That was Mao's policy in advancing nuclear weapons for China that essentially we launch all of ours, they launch all of theirs, and they have more people than us, so they'll survive and we won't. Despite rhetoric in the last 24 hours that they don't want a nuclear war, the stated policy of the Chinese military has been nuclear holocaust, they'll survive. Now they have an app called TikTok. If you use this app, you are being spied upon by the Chinese government. This app can track your audio, it can track your movements. They can figure out who you are and if you are somewhat of interest to China, they'll be able to figure out who you are and what you're putting into your search in TikTok to find. Are you a closet deviant no one knows about, but you're looking to TikTok for your Purian interests? The Chinese know, don't be surprised when they use it against you. The Chinese government is funding TikTok and interestingly enough, multiple friends of mine Have been telling me that they're starting to see more anti-congressional pieces on tiktok the algorithm suddenly is going anti-government regulation interestingly the same tiktok algorithms show a lot of uh, pro-transgender stuff to western kids tiktok is a nefarious app run by the chinese communist party that won't allow the same app and algorithm inside china you should think about that for a minute Why won't China allow TikTok's app and algorithm inside China? But they use it here in this country and around the world to spy on opponents of the CCP. If you are using TikTok, you are helping the Chinese communists against the United States. If you are using TikTok, you are advancing the mission of the Chinese Communist Party. If you are profiting off of TikTok, you are being paid by Chinese communist agents. If you are using TikTok, you are undermining the national security of the United States. You may not feel it. You may not think it. You may not see it. You may not recognize it. But it is the God's honest truth. And we would all be better off if this 150 million Americans delete the app. The Chinese believe... That they can undermine the united states from within by taking advantage of our freedoms they are using TikTok as part of that strategy and you are complicitly helping them by using their platform there are plenty of other platforms that do the same thing without helping the chinese communist government i have not only converted my entire family to bull and branch sheets but a lot of my friends as well because I actually believe in them. You can feel the craftsmanship, and the amazing thing is that these sheets get softer every time you wash them. Don't believe me. Give them a try. Right now, you can get early access to Bowling Branch's spring sale. You use code ERIC, that would be my name, E-R-I-C-K, and get 20% off today at BowlingBranch.com. That's Branch, -Branch B-O-L-L-A-N-D-Branch.com. The promo code is ERIC. Exclusions apply. See the site for details. I got to tell you guys... These sheets are designed for incredible night sleeps. They're made without toxins. They're free from synthetic pesticides, formaldehydes, harsh chemicals, They fit really deep mattresses, and I've got a thick mattress, and they don't shrink up, which is great. Take care of the sheets. The sheets take care of you, and you get a 30-night risk-free guarantee with free shipping and returns on all U.S. orders. And right now, use code ERIC to take 20% off today at BolandBranch.com. That's B-O-L-L-A-N-D, Branch.com, promo code ERIC. When I was discussing earlier the shooting in Nashville, I said the odds are white male as usual, but this could be wrong as information comes in, but that's what you usually think of. Well, it's wrong. It's a woman. There are three children and three adults who have been killed uh, in Nashville at a uh, Christian private school. The shooter was a woman, um, is dead. The police have killed her. Uh, and believes to be, as of now, they're clarifying, uh, is she among the three adults killed, but three children killed, tragically. School shooting in Nashville, Tennessee, at a private Christian school, well outside the profile. I mean, the profile for school shootings tends to be white male, Uh, young white male. This is not um, so the odds are there's a deeper story of something uh, that led to this tragedy uh, in Nashville. As the story develops, I'll keep you posted, but just deeply, deeply sad situation in Nashville today. Um, prayers for all those involved at the school. You know, I I got to tell you, just as a dad, and I'm mindful, by the way, uh, one of our affiliates is WICC in uh, Connecticut, very near the tragedy at Newtown, Connecticut and people should be sensitive to the school shootings and the monsters that come from it, like Alex Jones and the like. As a parent, it is one of those levels of anxiety that I never realized I would have. Um, And I am in the camp of people who think that we have to think of these situations differently. You you know, I I, I had long been in the camp of Good man with a gun stops bad man with a gun. And then we had the Uvalde school shooting where the good men with the guns were scared to death to go into the school. And to this day, continue to try to revise uh, what actually happened. Well, he had a military style weapon. We were, he had an AR. The most common long gun in America. It's not military style. That's just what people say. And you didn't go in and take him. At our school. My wife and I are advocates of allowing the teachers who wish to be armed to be armed. And I suspect there are some there. Um, I, I personally have been willing to pay for training for those at our school so that they feel comfortable and are trained to be able to do these things. I, it, it is a, a terrible situation with everyone wishing to offer easy answers and there really are not easy answers. What possesses particularly a woman, because it is so outside the ordinary to have something like that happen, it is highly, highly unusual. Uh, It appears that she was a teen, uh, three students and three adults dead, seven including the shooting suspect has been clarified. Welcome. I am back from vacation. I'm delighted to have you. The phone number is 877-973-7425. I just, I I just pause. Some of you will not care. I care deeply. I just have to explain this to you. Uh, So my office sits seven stories up. I can see at a distance over the trees. This weather that I'm dealing with here uh, at my office day is bizarre. We keep going from pitch black, like so. When you see videos of me, I actually I have a view out the window, but we can't control the lighting well. And a buddy of mine at CNN recommended get a giant TV and put that behind you, and then have your camera. Uh, in the window and just run it to the TV, so you're seeing the view out my window when you see videos of me. But the window is actually to my side, not actually behind me. But it's a great way to control the lighting. But I'm having to run over to the camera back and forth between during commercial breaks and adjust the the um, the, the the aperture because we go from pitch black to bright bright sky and then back again. It is just torrential downpours followed with, with hail and thunder and lightning, followed by absolutely nothing, followed by hail and torrential downpours. Uh, the, the local uh, authorities in my county are telling people to stay off the road. There's so many downed trees and power lines right now. Uh, but, 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 but. So my kid's got a soccer game this afternoon. The school that my kid is playing is another Christian private school. And This school is technically better, has a better soccer team than my kid's soccer team. But my kid's soccer team beat them last year. Beat them, and the team was so insistent they should not have lost, they demanded a rematch at their school. They claimed home field advantage, and that's why my kid's team won. So our team went to their school to play them again and beat them worse than we had at our school. So we're playing that team today. The public schools have shut down all athletics. The county is saying, do not be on the roads. They're not safe this afternoon. And the school is like, y'all are going to forfeit if you don't show up to play us today. (laughs) They want a rematch so bad. I'm really, really, really hoping that my kid's team wins again just because they're uh, they're being such jerks about it. Um, it, We don't mind playing. But literally, our county is saying there's so much damage and destruction out there. Do not be on the roads. The public schools have shut down all uh, athletic events this afternoon. And yet this Christian school is like, you're going to play us or you're going to be the one to forfeit. (laughs) All right. We'll play, I guess, until the the parents get involved. All right. We got to move on. I want to give you some numbers. 16, 10, 13, 9, 14. Let me give you these numbers again. 16, 10, 13, 9, 14. Those are Rudy Giuliani's lead in all of the polls that came out this week in 2007 for the 2008 Republican nomination of national polling. Rudy Giuliani led every single poll that came out this week in 2007 in national polling. Interestingly enough, Rudy Giuliani did not lead a single poll at the state level in Iowa or New Hampshire at the same time. So he was winning all the national polls. He was losing all the local polls. And, well, we know how it turned out in 2008. I bring this up because though there are plenty of candidates in the race and other candidates coming into the race, and one candidate not even declared who we think is coming into the race, in 2024, it's all about Donald Trump versus Ron DeSantis. In most of the national polling at this point, Trump is now ahead. In most of the state polling right now in Iowa, New Hampshire, Ron DeSantis is ahead. I'm not saying that Trump is Giuliani, and I'm not saying DeSantis is Giuliani. I'm not saying Trump is not Giuliani. I'm not saying DeSantis is not Giuliani. All I'm saying is that we should recall that in 2007 national polling and Giuliani leading in every single poll and state polling did not. And this time it's more split than it was in 2007. Some national polls have DeSantis ahead. Most have Trump ahead. At the state level, most polls have DeSantis ahead of Trump until you start adding all the other candidates. Until you have haley involved and pence involved and scott involved and ramaswamy involved we're also dealing with a candidate who has not even declared he's running for president in desantis and everyone's extrapolating from it what's going on the now we need to talk about polling here in general for a moment the polling in 2022 was not good polling however there was some polling that was good polling and i need you all to listen to me this is in all seriousness Pay attention to me here because some of you are really invested in the idea polling was really, really bad in 2022. And I just, I need to explain this to you. Polling was bad in 2022. The polling averages were bad in 2022, but we have the actual election results from 2022 and we can learn some things about the polling in 2022. One of the things we can learn is that the heavily online polling was the worst polling. The other thing we can learn from 2022 is that the Trafalgar polling was terrible polling. The other thing we can learn from 2022 is that the Trafalgar polling and other Republican polling firms' polling skewed the polling average to the Republican side. And when you took out the Republican polling firms' polling, the polling averages were actually pretty dialed into what was happening in 2022. The New York Times Siena polling actually turned out to be accurate polling and I didn't think it was in 2022. So again, it's not that the polling averages were really bad in 2022 and it's not that the polling was terrible in 2022. It wasn't accurate, but you could get the sense of where the trends were in 2022. What skewed everything and made it seem off was the Republican pollsters. And a large part of me does in fact believe that Republican pollsters caused the mess with the polling averages in 2022. And some of them, not all of them, but some of them did so intentionally. Working with what we know the results were from 2022, we can look at the assessment of 2022 and know that the pollsters who called people on the phone, mobile and landline, did better than the online pollsters. The media polls actually did better than the Republican pollsters. The Democratic pollsters did better than the Republican pollsters. And it does seem more and more that our side put out polls designed to paint a picture that was not so. We got lied to by our own pollsters. So for those of you who say, why are you you talking about the polling? The polling was all wrong. The Republican polling was all wrong. Polling averages without the Republican polls were pretty dialed into what actually happened. The numbers were not right, but the trend lines were. And the trend lines, as I have maintained through all of this, are what we should be paying attention to. The trend lines are pretty consistent. And even the Republican polling, and this is part of the problem from 2022, the Trafalgar poll, for example, saw um, Republicans doing way better than they were. But even the Trafalgar trend lines captured the shift towards the Democrats. So the Trafalgar polling way skewed to the right, but the trends themselves showed what was happening on the ground pretty accurately. So where does that leave us in 2024? Well, it leaves us with a muddied mess because some of the polling is online polling and it's crap and we should ignore it. But also we can see this bounce around between Trump and DeSantis and we can see something else as well. The more candidates that get into the race, the better Donald Trump does. For example, in Iowa, Ron DeSantis is ahead of Donald Trump. But when you add in all the other candidates, Ron DeSantis is tied with Donald Trump. In New Hampshire, Ron DeSantis is tied with Donald Trump. But when you add in all the other Republican candidates, he loses to Donald Trump. We're still a pretty long way from Iowa New Hampshire. And just like with the Democrats and just like with the Republicans in prior years, some of the Republican candidates will not be around by the time we actually get to Iowa New Hampshire. Kamala Harris dropped out before the Iowa caucuses. That's going to happen on the Republican side now, too. I don't know who it's going to be, but some of them aren't going to have the money to continue. Some of them, their campaigns are going to do so bad, they're not going to be around. The most interesting thing to me is that uh, Ron DeSantis has not even launched his campaign yet, and he's doing as well as he is. Nikki Haley, as I told you would happen, she went up in the polling. And again, I got to keep saying this because some of you want to be selective in what you hear. The polling numbers, the odds are they're not right. The polling trends, the odds are, are pretty accurate. So we can't say that Nikki Haley is at 5% or 10% or 15% of the polls. What we can say is she went up in the polling the moment she declared herself as a candidate. Mike Pence is not a declared candidate for president. Mike Pence is probably going to run for president, and his polling will go up. How far? I don't know. Will the number be accurate? I can tell you it won't be. Will the trend line of him going up be accurate? I can tell you it will be. And the same holds true for a certain governor in Florida. He's not a declared candidate. He's refusing to even engage with being as a Republican candidate. But he's clearly going to run. And when he does and makes a big announcement, his polling's going to go up. If he's as close to Donald Trump right now without being a declared candidate, the odds are he's going to be tighter ahead of him when he actually gets to. What I find most interesting is we're in a very similar situation to where we were in 2016 where a majority of the votes will be cast against Donald Trump in the Republican primary. Most Republicans are willing to move on. Most Republicans want to move on. But there is a diehard group of Republicans who refuse to move on. And if the Republicans who want to move on split enough, that gets Donald Trump the nomination. That's why Trump welcomes graciously everyone into the race who wants to run. The more there are, the better it is for him. The problem becomes the general election. If he's the nominee, he's probably not going to win Georgia that takes 16 electoral college votes off the map. Can he win Pennsylvania? Pennsylvania's trended pretty much to the Democrats. That takes a chunk of electoral college votes. So you can only, if Donald Trump wins, for example, Wisconsin in 2024, but still loses Arizona, Nevada, and Georgia, he still loses the electoral college unless he can find some way to fundamentally realign the map. If the Republican Party heads down that path again, it shouldn't expect a different outcome in 2024. And, and you can scream all day long about it being a stolen election again, but that's not going to get you very far. The most interesting thing I thought that came out of the Waco rally, one, the crowd size was not as huge as advertised. But two, he spent a lot of time popularizing the January 6th stuff and the stolen election stuff. And if you looked at the 2022 outcome and the exit polling of the people who actually were engaged, of the people who actually voted, the surveys of the people who legitimately voted and answered the pollster's questions while they were there at the ballot box on election day, what we know is that those voters were predisposed to vote against Republicans who dismissed January 6th as no big deal or claimed the election was stolen. Donald Trump took all of the legitimate data we have from what cost the GOP the election in 2022, and he's embraced the exact opposite path of winning. That's a problem the GOP is going to have to deal with. If you want to run in 2024 on 2020 was stolen and January 6th was no big deal, independents and at least 13% of Republicans are going to reject you. And that was his whole rally in Waco, except for the part where he attacked DeSantis, and oddly enough, no one really cheered it on. No one wanted him to attack DeSantis, which in and of itself should probably be a big red flag for the Trump campaign. What should also be a big red flag for you is the markets, Uh, the topsy-turvy world we live in right now, uh, where the markets are up or down or up or down, depending on the day of the week or what the Fed has done, 800-450-2566, that's the number to my friends at Advantage Gold. Retirement funds, general investing funds, you got inflation, you got volatile stock markets, you got major geopolitical turmoil, Advantage Gold might be able to help you navigate that and teach you how to use precious metals. 800-450-2566 is the number. They are TrustLink's number one highest rated gold company seven years in a row. They got the best prices, the best staff, the best IRA department of the country. They're ready to help you protect your retirement account today. They can give you a free gold IRA retirement kit to tell you what you need to know to use gold for your retirement outcomes. 800-450-2566 800-450-2566 is their number. Talk to Advantage Gold. You will see they're not gimmicky. They just want to give it to you straight. They want to help you get comfortable with using precious metals. They want to teach you how to do it because the way the government regulates it, you need someone to show you how to do it. It's hard to figure out on your own. Advantage Gold makes it easy to do. 800-450-2566 is their number. Eric Erickson here across the nation. 877 973 7425. If you want to be on the program, this hour brought to you by First Liberty, building and loan wherever you are nationwide. They can help your business grow. Reach out to them, firstlibertyga.com. Firstlibertyga.com. All right. What else is going on? Oh, no, I'm, I got to wait. Nope. Nope. I got to wait for that one because I, I got to, I got to spend some time on that one. <laughs> Stand by, people. Stand by for the beginning of the next hour. Right now, uh, COVID and education. Uh, this is from CBS News. It may look like the pandemic is over. Stadiums are open. Crowds are everywhere. Hardly a mask in sight. But COVID hurt a lot of things you can't easily see, especially in schools. I feel like I just need to stand on a mountaintop and just yell, take this seriously. Everything is at stake right now, says Jeffrey Canada, founder of the Harlem Children's Zone in Manhattan. He said that when it comes to how the pandemic affected education, the news was surprising and not good. We've got the data now and things are bad. They're actually worse than most of us thought. In fact, I could tell you we have an education crisis right now. The actual numbers vary by community, but according to a nationwide test given to fourth and eighth graders, the National Assessment of Education Progress, reading skills dropped to the lowest point in 30 years, and in math, nearly 40% of eighth graders couldn't understand basic concepts. Can I just tell you all something? When the politicians and policy analysts treat school as not necessary, you shouldn't be surprised the kids treat it as not necessary. We shut down the schools. We told kids not only don't come to school, but if you were a wealthy parent, don't you dare hire a tutor lest your kid get an advantage over non-wealthy kids. We made school expendable and non-essential and the kids took us up on it, or at least the policymakers. You know what's so interesting and what goes unnoticed is that the red states that reopened their schools first have had better outcomes than the blue states that kept their schools closed. All of these progressives like to bemoan all the poor things in in red states, the crime rates in cities, the, the lack of education, the IQ levels, the health, the obesity levels, the heart attack levels, all those things. The fact of the matter is states that reopened their schools first and got their kids back to school ASAP have done better than the states which are tend to be democratic states that kept their schools shut down when you politicians treat school as nonessential don't you be surprised when the kids take you up on that and that is exactly what happened none of us should be surprised by this and many of you many of us warned you that would happen